All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to another episode back to back episodes of dropping the gloves here on a Tuesday. We have to do it. You guys asked for it. We're delivering. We're going every day here during the first round. It's just so exciting. There's action every single night. We had our first games last night. We got the second batch of games happening tonight. The first round. It's exciting. Tim was all jacked up. The Bruins kicked things off as well as the Hurricanes and the Islanders. Didn't disappoint. Every game was interesting. Every game was worth watching. There was no blowouts. There was no one team was just noticeably better than the next. The games out West both went to overtime. It was an exciting night of hockey. Let's kick it off with the most boringest game. A game that I predicted. I said, this series is going to be a snoozer. Don't bother watching it. Each game is going to be three to two, two to one. One to one in overtime, one nothing. Lo and behold, don't call me a savant. It was two to one. Carolina Hurricanes topped the New York Islanders. What did you think of this, Tim? I doubt you even saw a second of it because you were getting primed up for the Boston game and then you were all in on the Bruins. What did you think of the Hurricanes Islanders? Give me your nutshell reaction. Well, I did watch this during the the breaks and intermissions, and it was a story of, of special teams. They had two power play goals, and they talked about that with uh, Rod the Bod during the, one of the in-game interviews, and he said they'd scored on two out of three at that point of their power plays, and that was the difference maker. And so, yeah, it, it was kind of a boring game. It was low scoring, obviously. Sebastian Ajo made his presence known on the score sheet and the physicality. You see, he, he had that run in with the other Sebastian Ajo. I and did. He got the better. I'm a better player than you, and I'm stronger. This is dominating. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, of all the teams I picked to win the first round that played last night, the Bruins were the only one that won game one. So, so far, I'm already in the hole, as are you. I know. Well, I did pick Carolina. So you picked okay. the Islanders. I picked Carolina. So I did okay. I went uh, two, two and two. But yeah, going to this game, it, it was a boring game. You know, Carolina looked okay. It, it was what we expected. It was clog up the neutral zone. It was just play zone to zone to zone to zone. Who's going to make the biggest mistake? Lo and behold, the Islanders getting a little bit of penalty trouble. Brent Burns quarterbacks that power play makes a couple nice patches. Passes, excuse me, and Sebastian Ajo finishes one. 
Carolina Hurricanes win the game. Big surprise. Well, maybe I don't follow the Hurricanes too closely. Ante Ranta gets to start. Didn't play too much in the regular season. It was Freddie Anderson. They had kind of did a hodgepodge of goaltenders, a potpourri of who's starting. But yeah, Ante Ranta gets to start. Plays really well. Elias Sorokin made some pretty game-saving stops for the Islanders. The Carolina Hurricanes were the better team. But as a whole, out of the four games, as we expected, this one was a snoozer. I think if the Islanders have any chance of winning, like we mentioned, they got to stay out of the box. They got to keep it five on five. They're not a good special teams team. Not saying Carolina is good on the power play. They weren't very good in the regular season. They were middle of the pack, 20th. But if they keep getting chances, they're going to put points on the board. They're going to score. So the only way Islanders win this is if they keep it five on five. You can't run and gun. You can't get down. You got to keep it as close as possible and get some timely scoring. Last night, they did not get it. Matthew Barzal did not look very good. The Islanders did not have any sustained pressure. They'd have the odd rush chance here and there. Antiranta didn't have to do too much. I think he had 20 saves. It's not good. You got to do better than that for next game. We'll see what happens in game two, but just based on early early results, the Hurricanes played very, very well. Moving on, unless you want to talk about anything else. You, you want to get to the Bruins, right? I sure do. Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, Bruins come out on top as expected. Three to one closer, Tim, than you maybe expected. What did you think of the Bruins first outing in the playoffs? It was um, it was closer. And and even the goal that the Panthers scored was a bad giveaway from Orlov in the defensive zone that Matthew Kuchuk. It couldn't have been better pass to him, honestly. Um, Great finish from him. But also on the flip side, Marshawn scored a real ugly goal that uh, Alex Lyon saves, and they said in the broadcast, 99 times out of 100, that was the one time it went in. So it kind of went back and forth. They sort of evened each other out. So it was a close game. The player that stood out to me the most was Tyler Bertuzzi. We, we, when we acquired him, it was like, okay, he's built for the playoffs. He can finish. He's strong. He's he's a, a little annoying pass. He, and so he's mixing it up with people. Really strong front net front presence. That first goal, the power play goal, the backhanded no-look pass he made to Pasternak from like, in front of the net was just really, really like that's what you brought him in for. He had another one later on the DeBrus goal, really made his presence known the entire night. Tried to break uh Nick Cousins' stick and a pretty funny little moment on the bench there. So he was really good, but the Bruins did kind of look slow. You know, I the bug, even the guys that skated, you can tell some of them were affected. Marshawn had a really off night. I don't think McAvoy played his best night. I don't think Campus Lindholm played his best hockey. Um, but but Bertuzzi looked good, Orlov looked good, two of the guys they added at the deadline, by the way. And without Bergeron, it's a pretty good game um, from them. Even Elmark, I think, probably um, would have made that Kachuk save and in, in, in his if he was feeling 100%, which we know he wasn't. So overall, pretty good start for Boston. It was a little bit tighter. Um, but I also kind of thought maybe before the game that this was the best game the Panthers would play. In game one, a lot of times you see that with a lopsided series, the game one is the tightest one. And it's also with the Bruins feeling with some sickness, maybe I thought they might make it a little bit closer, but the Bruins just really out, maybe out shot them the whole game. Bruins did not outshoot them. Actually, the Panthers outshot them 32, 29. Um, I I was trying to say out punched, but yeah, I came out outshot. It did. So you, you, I will correct that. That's fine. Everybody makes mistakes. The player that stood out for me for the Boston Bruins, you mentioned it, Dimitri Orlov. I thought he played fantastic. I, I feel like he was aggressive. He was up in the play, the Marshawn goal. If you go back and watch the beginning of that goal, it's it's a somewhat of a minor turnover right at the Bruins blue line. Most defensemen would either drag it back or just chip it out. 
Orlov does a tight little turn, makes a fantastic outlet pass and away the Bruins go. It's such a small, minute play that only a fraction of defensemen can do or have the confidence to do in that situation. It's a one nothing game, first game of the playoffs, and you make this tight little, neat little turn and make an outlet pass. It's, it's a very good play. He was up in the rush. He had a couple of very dangerous scoring chances. He had one nice rush where he just cut across the crease and Lyon made a great save. I think he had a point bank shot right in front of the net where Lyon made another great save. So yes, Bertuzzi played great. Dmitry Orlov played fantastic. And then his turnover, uh, I fault him a little bit. He should have played it with the skate and not risk playing it with the stick because when the pucks rimmed around the boards, it's hard to pitchfork it because what he was trying to do was just go back the other way. You're pitchforking a puck that's coming with some speed along the boards. It's it's a 50-50 at best. And you could tell the result. He tried to, you know, jam it back the other way. It bounced off his blade right into the slot for Kachuk. Couldn't have been a better pass, like you said. You got to play that one on your skate or just eat it. Don't try to push it back the other way because it, it's a risky, risky play, especially with Florida coming down at you. They're trying to get that first goal. They get it. They're on the on their way. But, you know, Jake DeBrus, kind of a fluky goal sitting on Lions pad. He dives in pretty nice pay, picked it right off his pad. So good for the Bruins. I don't mind the Panthers effort. I think they were pretty aggressive in the first period. They they took the play to the Bruins. Allmark looked good. I think the Panthers started well. I think the Bruins took a little bit of time to kind of gain their mojo. Maybe like you said, they're sick. Everybody's sick. Everybody's affected by this. And that wasn't the team that we saw all regular season, but we'll see. I don't think Florida played their best game per se, but they played a really good road hockey game. They deserved to win, but the Bruins got the goals. What can I say? Game two will be good. I think this will be a tightly contested series. I think the Bruins still should win in four or five games, but it's not going to be a throwaway. Like they're the president's trophy and they're going to walk through the first round. I think the the Panthers put up a good fight in game one. All right, moving west, two overtime games. Minnesota-Dallas, double overtime game. In Dallas, Minnesota wins up. Ryan Hartman scores a double overtime winner off a kind of a similar turnover that the Orlov was. Uh, One of the Dallas defensemen tried to clear it out, banks off somebody. Hits Ryan Hartman in the slot. He has all day. Ottinger didn't even expect it, so he's kind of out of position, not prepared. Hartman walks to the other side of the net, buries it empty net. Good for him, Ryan Hartman. Pest all game. Typical Ryan Hartman. But what did you think of this game? Did you catch any highlights? Did you catch any vibes on this, Tim? Were you snoozing away? Probably just celebrating the Bruins' euphoria of their first win. Everyone, just going overboard. It's one win. Take it easy. What did you think of the Wild and the Dallas Stars, Tim? Yeah, well, the, the big event of a night that we actually got multiple messages about that we want to hear our take is the the hit on Pavelski. Yep. That's what everyone wants to talk about. Uh, my my gut reaction, I watched it a couple of times, and I, I wasn't watching the timing. The first thing I watched for was whether it was a hit to the head. And I'm watching on the replay, I'm like, it wasn't. I don't think it was a hit to the head, at least not the principal point of contact. But you watch Pavelski, the way he went down, the way he wasn't coming back up, He's really struggling there. You're like, okay, clearly he's rattled. There's something happened there. So I don't know if it was a whiplash or maybe he slammed his head on the ice when he fell. That wasn't, it wasn't a hit in that way, but it was a late hit. It was a late hit. It was a predatory hit. Doesn't mean it wasn't even necessarily illegal. It was probably an interference. Um, It wasn't a hit to the head, I don't think, but it was a predatory hit for a guy that I don't want to blame the victim. I'm surprised Pavelski didn't set himself up better for that. 
you know, the guy's right there. He wasn't even close to expecting a hit. I think it was late, if anything, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I don't think it's late. I, I, everybody knows how I feel about Joe Pavelski. I absolutely love him. We talked about it yesterday. Who's the guy I want to see to raise the cup? It's him. He's one of my friends. I don't feel like he expects to get hit. He's done this same play probably a hundred times. You're below the goal line. You throw the puck at the net and you just continue on your way behind the net. He's getting back pressure from, I believe it was Ryan Hartman on his hip. So he's got that. And he feels that forward kind of pressuring him on his shoulder. Dumba goes out of his way to finish this check. There's no reason for him to finish it. He should track the puck after the pass. I don't think it's late. I don't think it's a penalty. If anything, maybe it's a roughing. But it's it's a heavy it's a heavy hit. These guys were both going. Dumba goes flying into the boards. Joe Pavelski did not expect him. He's out before he hits the ice. He is completely bonkers. He hits the ice. You can tell even when they picked him up, he's not not there at all. I hope he's okay. It's a hit. You hate to see it happen. I don't think it's dirty. I don't think it's malicious. I think it's it's a hard hit in the playoffs. Dumba's there. He's not giving anybody a pass. Pavs isn't expecting it. It is what it is. It's hockey. You know, I don't think he should have gotten a penalty. It's unfortunate Joe got hurt. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially a guy like that who I like love the guy. So, boy, what what are people saying? Are people saying it's dirty? I haven't looked at any of the comments or any of that junk. I'm sure it goes both ways. The Minnesota fans want him, you know, Dumba's fine. Dallas fans want this guy like just kicked out of the league. What are people saying? Yeah, most people are saying that it was uh, they're blaming the refs for not getting more on top of it. And I think probably the conversation is something about the refs are so anxious or leery about making a decisive call that's going to impact the game. So if you tee him up for a double minor or a major or something, and then you're then you're dictating the game for a play that could go either way. I think it was a late hit. I think it was probably interference, maybe a roughing. And it was predatory in the sense that even if it wasn't a hit to the head, he knew he knew exactly how had how bad he had him lined up um and how how much this was going to I don't want to say how much it was going to hurt but it was like it was a predatory hit doesn't even even if it was a legal hit it was a predatory hit so too bad for Pavelski and yeah most people want uh at least an interference call on that play what's wrong with it being predatory if it's a legal hit at what point is the onus on the person holding the puck like you have to be aware of who's on the ice where you are on the ice is Matt Dumba have to like be in control of all that? He is a defenseman. Pavelski's trying to score. He is in the zone. He's right near the net and he's taking a shot. Is is Dumba just supposed to give him a pass because Pavs isn't ready for a hit? It, it was a legal hit. He didn't hit his head. I don't think it was late at all. He hits to he shoots the puck and it's one second, boom, he hits him right away. So I, I disagree with the lateness of the hit. I've watched it. 15, 20 times, and I, I don't think it's late at all. So it's unfortunate. It's it's definitely unfortunate. It's one of your best players. It ruins the chemistry on that first line, changes the way Dallas plays the game of Joe's out for a long time. He's your number one face-off guy. Every crucial draw, this guy's on the face-off dot. He's a big part of this team. So we'll see how it affects him down the stretch. All that aside, don't expect him for next game. He was out cold on the ice. We'll see if he comes back. I don't think he's had a history of head injuries, but usually this is going to take a solid, you know, five to seven days to figure out. 
don't look now. The series could be over. Minnesota takes this game in double overtime. Dallas battles back. A couple nice goals by um, Sam Steele. Rupe Hintz gets one. Kirill Kaprizov, Jason Robertson, both of Dallas's goals on the power play off of face-off plays. They're an excellent face-off teams team. Excuse me. It's uh, gosh, this changes the series for me. Uh, I feel like if, if Pabs is out, it's Minnesota series. I, I was a little surprised that Mark Andre Fleury wasn't between the pipes for Minnesota wild. Gustafson gets the nod. He played pretty, pretty solid for the most part. Jared Ottinger played fantastic. What we expect from him, especially in overtime, he was saving breakaways, two on ones, he was playing fantastic. All that aside, after this game, does this change the outlook of the series of Pavs being gone, Tim? Oh, it has to. Yeah, especially in losing game one. If they had, if they won game one and Pavs is out, it changes maybe a little bit less. But you, you lose one at home. You lose one of your top players and your top centers. Like, of course, it's going to impact the series. So we'll have to watch today what the prognosis is, how bad it is. It didn't look good last night. So um, if he's out, I gosh. I have a hard time saying that Dallas can, can, I wouldn't say they can't win it, but it's uh, it'll be a lot harder than it was yesterday. Well, so far the story of, of these first few games is special teams. And we'll, we'll touch on these, the last game in a second, but Carolina Islanders, the story was the power play Minnesota, Dallas, the story was special teams, three of the four goals, except for the overtime one were special teams goals. So how crucial are these? It's insane. All right, moving on. The last game of the night, the big 1030 start. Connor McDavid, this is his year. Leon Dryan, Seidel, the King. The Oilers are going to go all the way. This is fantastic. They get out to a, just a blazing start. Dryan Seidel, fantastic first goal. Evan Bouchard on the power play gets the Oilers up two to nothing. Then the tide starts to turn a little bit. Edmonton gets some life. They get a nice stop on the D end. Adrian Kempe comes back the other way, scores to make it two to one. Dreinside all answers right back. Don't look now. Kempe scores. Final minute of the game. They pull the goalie. And he every Kopitar. Everybody knew it was going to be him. He gets the game tying goal with seconds left in regulation. They go to overtime. They win in overtime on an Alex Iafalo goal. Kings win. Four to three in overtime. Who would have guessed the Oilers blow two, two goal leads? One of them midway through the third period. This is a backbreaker. You're at home. Everybody's jacked up. You're up by two with less than 10 minutes to go. And you just can't close. <sighs> wow. This is this is a heartbreaker. You deserve to win this game. You're playing fantastic. What did you think of this game? I have some thoughts. Let me just say this. Leon Dreidsidel played fantastic. I love the way this guy played the game. He outplayed, outdueled Anze Kopitar. That's what the Kings wanted to do. They wanted to match up Kopitar's line with Ryan Sino's line. They wanted to match up the nose with McDavid's line. That's the matchup we talked about. That's the matchup we got. LA won one of those matchups. Edmonton won the other matchup. Kopitar lost to Ryan Sino. beat uh, McDavid. What? Kopitar had four points last night. How can he say he lost the matchup? Because Ryan Sino played fantastic. He was all but unstoppable. Couple of Kopitar's assists for second assists, not even in the play. The first goal, Adrian Kempe, he wasn't even a factor. Um, the the second Kempe goal wasn't really a factor. By Kopitar wins the faceoff, Byfield pokes it across to Kempe. So those are kind of garbage assists. His third goal was a rebound, yeah, kind of. 
maybe he didn't really do much to get the goal. And then obviously the, the final goal was another second assist where he didn't really have much to do with the play. Trinside will play fantastic, Tim. He was creating offense. He was his second goal directly resulted in Kopitar not following his man. Dreinsidel wins the draw. Kopitar just lets him go. You got to stay on your centerman. And for a guy who's 30 some years old, who's won multiple Stanley Cups, you have to know this. But a great decision by Dreinsidel. Most players sniff around the net. They get excited. They sniff around the scrum. They want to be in the mix. He's patient. He takes his time. He picks his spots and he attacks when he thinks he can get the puck. That was both cases for both of his goals. He held back. He's not getting checked. He sees the puck's going to be kind of squirted loose, and he comes in, picks it up, boom, goal. Both of his goals were the exact same way. Good for him. The other matchup, and this is the one that we need to keep an eye on, Connor McDavid, the guy who I said earlier this year, I took a lot of heat for it, but I'm going to play a playoff game, and I'm picking one player, not going to be Connor McDavid. He's not going to be my number one overall pick. I was ripped, crucified. In the streets. You're crazy, John Scott. What's the matter with you, you dummy? You punched too many times in the head? I don't want to say I told you so. But if you play almost 30 minutes, and you're dash two, and you're the best player in the world, eh, maybe I'm onto something. The guy who you was supposed to shut you down, the defensive specialist, Philip guy got an assist. Played pretty well. Philip Deneau won that battle. Just saying, Connor McDavid, where were you? Didn't play very well. I will see another comment on Connor McDavid. Go watch the Oilers tying goal. Tell me that McDavid isn't sniffing for an empty net goal. Comes up to the point. He tries to pick a pass off. This is right before, right before. I, I believe it was Ardvidsson. He's up at the point. It goes D to D. McDavid's sniffing. He's sniffing for that empty net goal. And he tries to pick the pass off. He gets out of position. It allows Ardvidsson to go low. He gets the shot off. And Kopitar, I follow, are there in front of the net to score. Oh, I follow got that. I thought Kopitar got it. But anyways, he's there. And he's sniffing for a goal instead of being more condensed, more packed in. So you're not allowing this guy to walk to the net. Go watch it. Oh, no. The, sorry, the tying goal. It was Kopitar who scored it. But it was Ardvidsson who walked it. Go watch that goal and tell me McDavid's doing what he should be doing instead of trying to get a goal for himself. Just saying. Not what you want to see out of the captain. Best player in the world. Guy's an outstanding player. Yeah. That's all. I want to talk about the goalie for a minute. Stuart Skinner. You said yesterday on the show you liked him, but the biggest question mark for the Oilers was between the pipes and specifically close game. You said this yesterday word for word. Up by one, everyone's watching. Can you make the big save when it matters most? That pass across the ice to Deneau, the one-timer, he gets in front of it and makes the original save, right? He, he does the right thing, but he can't swallow it. It squeaks by him under the arm, behind the pad. Kopitar knocks it in. That's exactly what the Oilers, if they lose, like you said, this is this is going to be why. It's, the, it's those saves, not making those saves in those moments, which is just, I mean, what was it, 16 seconds left or something? Yeah. Uh, that's a save you you not should you you usually make. It's a save you, you know what I mean? Make. He yeah. has enough time to get across, obviously. You gotta swallow it up. You gotta be sticky. It's not like it was a shot to the corners or on the pads. It leaks through you. It leaks through your body. 
And those are the ones you got to you got to eat up. You can't have rebounds. Much like Lyon, when DeBrus scored off his pad, you have to eat those pucks. You can't let these just squirters get through you. It's you can't do it. You can't do it. Lo and behold, Stuart Skinner folds under pressure. Edmonton loses game one. This <laughs> this is a big one. This this one will haunt them going into to their game two, which is I believe Wednesday. It's uh, it's interesting. I wanted to take the Kings. I still think Edmonton will win, but what what a first game! Very well played. You gotta love it, baby. Overtime hockey. What did you think, Tim? Out of all four series, two of the road teams won. Two of the home teams won. Who's going to take it now? The series doesn't start till the road team has won a game on the road. Minnesota, L.A. Are you going to change your picks? You pick Dallas, you pick Edmonton. Any change of heart for those two series? I'm not changing my Edmonton pick. The Dallas one makes me a little bit nervous just because of the Pavelski injury, but I'm still sticking with them until I until at least game two. I agree. I agree. We've got lots of time. All right, moving on. We'll chug the show along. We're, we always get nervous. We don't want to go too long. Tonight's game. First matchups, first blood. These guys have played each other the whole season. They're not driving far. It's the Rangers and Devils. It's a marquee matchup. It's going to be in New Jersey. You got Hughes. You got Kane. You got Tarasenko. You got Hirshire. You got Timo Meyer. You got Zabinajad. You got everybody. It's, it's the who's who of NHL stars. What do you, what do you expect, Tim? Who's going to win this series? I want to know your breakdown. Well, the Devils match up very well against the Rangers. They were 3-0-1 during the season. And as you kind of dig deeper into like the individual position matchups, I think the goalie, obviously the Rangers have the better goalie in that. They probably have a better defense. And even though the Devils had scored more goals in the regular season, I think it's probably at least a tie for the Rangers just because they added Kane and Tarasenko later in the season. Didn't impact their overall season goals. But right now, as of today, their goal, their offenses are pretty close. Maybe a slight edge to the Devils, but it's very, very close. But I like the Devils. I really do. Something about the Rangers team. I feel like there's just some bad mojo or something. When you got when you're that good on paper and you're already stacked and you add these excellent players like these superstars, it never works out the way that you think it's going to. There's so many examples of that. It just I don't see them winning. I, I think the Devils. I think the Devils win this one. I think it probably goes six or seven, but the Devils Devils would be my pick. It's going to be a good series. These these teams are very well matched. I think the X factor will be Vitek Vanacek for the New Jersey Devils. Excuse me, for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, they you got Shesterkin with the Rangers. Can Vanacek be that guy? He doesn't have to be fantastic. He doesn't have to steal games. He just has to be a good goalie. You know what I mean? Just save the pucks you're supposed to save. Because these teams are loaded when you look at the rosters, it's a who's who. New Jersey has the young up-and-coming team. They've never been here before. A lot of them are getting their first taste of the playoffs. You got Hughes, Brat, Hershire, Mercer, Tatar, Halla, Meyer. Meyer's the only real true tested forward that they have on their roster who can say, you know what, I've been there, done that with the San Jose Sharks. A lot of these guys are just going to be very excited to get into the postseason. Contrast that with the New York Rangers. These guys have been through wars. Kreider, Kane, Panarin, Tarasenko, multiple Stanley Cups to their resume. It's going to be interesting who comes out with the first game. 
I think whoever wins the first game wins this series. This is going to be a seven, six gamer and it's going to be all about momentum. Who's going to grab it. Who's going to run with it. I like, I like the Rangers. It's hard to go against the New Jersey devils there. Everyone's pick to come out of the East. If it's not the Boston Bruins, everybody loves this team. They love the pickup of Timo Meyer. I do too. Good young defenseman, very exciting kind of pace of play. I just can't get past the additions of Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. For whatever reason, I think that is a difference maker to me for the New York Rangers. I think those two guys, they'll be enough. I think it'll be a great series, but the Rangers, I, I just... I can't. I can't not pick them. So I'm taking the New York Rangers. I think they win game one. And I think they go on their way. This is their, this is, man, the East is so tough to hedge. Because when you look at the stats throughout the year, the Devils smoked the Rangers in almost every category. Every single one. It's the Devils. PK, goals for, goals against. Rangers have a better power play. But it. It just feels like the Rangers, this is their season. They they took their bruises. They overperformed last year. They loaded up at the deadline, and now they're going to take that next step. So I'm taking the Rangers over the New Jersey Devils. It's going to be a heck of a first game tonight. The next game we're looking at. Old buddies, Lightning Leafs, game one in Toronto. Very exciting. Tampa Bay coming in. I think they've won four games in their last month. They've just been limping into the postseason to a point where John Cooper this month benched Stamkos, Point, Hedman, all the top guys in a, in a recent game, not too long ago, benched them all. There is issues in Tampa Bay. If any team can move past it, it is the Lightning. They've obviously have that mentality. We've been there. We know how to play in these big games. The Leafs don't. Six years in a row they've lost in the first round. They haven't won around with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. The core. Can this be the year that they slay that dragon? The big difference maker for me and for everybody, everybody's talking about it, the addition of Ryan O'Reilly. Yes, Sam Laftery, Nola Kari, these guys are good. It's Ryan O'Reilly. He's the Conn Smythe winner from 2019 when the St. Louis Blues made that remarkable run and wowed everybody. They bring him in. He's the guy, Tim. He's the only one that matters. Or is he? What do you think about this series? What's your predictions? This is the one I brought. I had the most uh, difficulty picking a, an outcome here because it can go both ways. And there's so much is loaded on the leaf side, but then you have the history that goes so far the other way. And the flip side, there's a lot of things working against the lightning, but they've done it. They've been there and they've, they've done so much in the last couple of years. I love the additions the Leafs made. It feels, it feels a little bit like a different Leafs team. When you bring in a Ryan O'Reilly, that is not something they've had in their roster for Ever basically, not to mention the depth pieces. Noah Chari is a really effective bottom six forward. McCabe, Luke Shen, they're physical, they're stronger. They're not going to be punched in the face without punching back. Yes, the goalie matchup, Vasilevsky is arguably the best in the world, but Sam Sonov is, I think, is just, I've, I've been saying it all season long. I love his game. Um, the Lightning have played a lot of hockey over the last three years, and they've lost a lot of key guys in their roster, a lot of key clutch finishers, a lot of physical defensemen. The, Palat, McDonough, Ruda, not to mention the Yanni Gords and Tyler Johnsons of years past. Like it's not exactly the same, the same team. Uh, Tanner Janot is hurt. He's going to miss at least the start of the series. Although we get, I got some good news this week that he's not 
going to miss as much time as they thought. So where he fits in the lineup and when he comes back could impact things. But as much as it pains me to say it, I like the Leafs in this one. I think it goes the distance, but I think the Leafs finally slay that dragon this year. Yeah, they got to slay a lot of dragons. This is a team that since 2017, in games where they are leading the series, they're one and eight. They can't play while they're ahead. The big thing when they're up three to one versus Montreal, they lose the next three. They're up Tampa Bay three to two. They lose the next two. This team has to figure out how to put teams away. Can they do it? The guy who's there to do that is Ryan O'Reilly. He's the guy who's been there, done that. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their lines. How do you win Stanley Cups down the middle? The Leafs could put out murderer's row of centermen of Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly. How can you compete with that? That would be the best top three centermen ever to step foot on the ice in the NHL, in my opinion. It's, it's, it would be an incredible. <laughs> Or do you just load up the first two lines and have Tavares, O'Reilly, and Nylander as your second line with Bunting, Matthews, and Marner as your first line? Which is just scary to think about. Tampa Bay can match up with them. That's the thing. It's going to come down to the third and fourth line. Can Nick Paul score a little more this year? Last year, he seemed to be snake-bitten. They still won. Ross Colton, Pat Maroon, Pierre Belmar, Corey Perry, everybody hates him. Which third and fourth line is going to be the difference? Is Noah Kari, Sam Laftery, Zach Aston Reese? Which one's going to win, Tim? Out of the third and fourth lines for these two teams, because I think the first two lines will wash each other out. They're both fantastic. Braden Point had a career year. Kucherov is Kucherov. He put up 115 points. Stamkos is going to get his cookies. Sorelli, Hagel, Kalorn. They're a good line. They're going to shut down that Leaf second line. Which third and fourth line for these teams do you think is going to step up? Because that's what it's going to take. I talk about it to death, but it's the truth. Is the depth for the Leafs enough to overcome the depth for the Tampa Bay Lightning this year? I think it is. It's been a deeper team than I think they've had in years. And, and similar to the Oilers, where they've been so reliant on so few players in the lineup to in order to win, where if those players don't score, you don't win games. It doesn't feel like that way for the Leafs anymore. When you're like, you got a, a, a Chari, Kerfoot, Yarncroft, Aston Reese, like these are these are good death role players. And I understand that Tampa has the similar things too, but they're not as deep as they used to be. Even to be one of the deeper teams in the NHL still, I think it they're not as deep as they used to be. So I, again, I, I go back to the Leafs. I don't even I want I hope I'm wrong. I hope they lose in the first round again. If nothing more than just for the joke of it. But I think they do get out of the first round. And I think if the Leafs get out of the first round, it's it's cup or bust. Like they'll be one of the 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 Bruins will have to play them if they get out of the first round. So that's not a matchup we want. Either way, it's going to be tough. But I do think it's going to be the Leafs this year. This is a difficult decision because of just the unknown aspects. Can the Leafs overcome Vasilevsky, the the big Russian bear who they can't beat? If it goes to Game 7, Tampa's going to win this series. The Leafs yep. have to finish them off. The Leafs have to win this 4-1, to 4-2. to two. They can't let it go to 7. Golly gee. I- my mind is telling me Toronto, but my heart's saying Tampa Bay. Does that make sense? It does. It's it's such a weird thing where you just look at it. You look at how they played the season. Toronto's been by far the better team throughout the season. They won the season series. They haven't lost to Tampa Bay in regulation. But my heart's just like Tampa. Like, how can you not pick the team has made the Stanley Cup the last three years? And you just know the Leafs are going to fold. You know it, but I'm taking the Leafs. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I think the Leafs, this is their year to slay the dragon. They're going to play well. We'll see. Moving on, Jets, Golden Knights. 
Truth be told, I don't know anything about this series. I haven't looked into it very much. I'm not excited for it. I'm not excited for these next two Western Conference series whatsoever. The Jets are good. Vegas Golden Knights, once again, I'm cir- a team has circumvented the cap. Stone will be playing game one. Very excited. I'm like, I- I'm interested to see how he really fills out that lineup. They haven't had a lot of time together, this team. It's going to be exciting. I think Vegas rolls. I think it's going to be just a Jack Eichel show. He's going to show up. He's going to play fantastic. And they're just going to run right through the Winnipeg Jets. Jets blimped into the playoffs. They have no business being a wildcard team. They were first place for a long time in the central. And then they just like imploded. So I'm taking Vegas. Winnipeg's going to maybe steal one at home. It's going to be a five to one series or four to one series for the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, for some reason, this is one of the ones that a lot of analysts are picking as an upset. This is something that people think the Jets have a chance here. I'm not really sure I understand why. Vegas won 3-0-1 in the regular season in the matchup. They're bringing back Eichel. They're bringing back Stone. They're bringing back Shea Theodore. And the Jets kind of stumbled all season long, especially, you know, they were they were good for like the first maybe month month or two. But there's no reason to expect that they can beat this loaded uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. The one caveat, the one thing that they have in their in their cap is is Hellebuck. He can steal a game. Can he steal a series at this point in his career? I don't know. I don't know. But so I, I think Vegas wins soundly. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think they could win one or two at home because of Hellebuck. But I, I think it's it's easy. To, it's a Vegas pick here. You put the one benefit of having Mark Stone out. We mentioned cap circumvention. They were they were able to bring in a Jonathan Quick. They were able to bring in an Ivan Barbashev. Those two guys have been played fantastic down the stretch. Ivan Barbashev has just fit right in nicely with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marshall-Stone, uh, Vegas's first line. And Jonathan Quick has been lights out since he's been in a Knights uniform. I don't know who gets game one for the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you give it to Laurent Brossois, who's been the guy from day one, or Jonathan Quick, who's come in, who's had the history? He's won multiple Stanley Cups, basically won the Kings the Cup their first year. We'll see. I think if I'm the coach, I'm giving Quick the start, but maybe you give it to Brossois, knowing you got Quick in the wings. So I don't know how you cannot pick this Vegas Golden Knights team. You got Peter Angelo, you got Theodore, you got White Cloud, McNabb, Martinez. You have just a great defense. You got a deep lineup. Chandler Stevenson is your third line center. The guy's fantastic. He's like such an underrated player. So I'm going the Knights. This is going to be a quick series. Like I said, the Jets maybe win one, maybe two, but it's the Knights series. Moving on. Kraken and Avalanche. Seattle Kraken, first taste of the playoffs. Very excited for this franchise. Defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, coming in, clinched the Central. First place, Landeskog out for the playoffs. Multiple other injuries. They get to play the Seattle Kraken, who might be a little excited. What are your thoughts on this series, Tim? Are you excited? Do you think there's going to be an upset? Well, no. Um, In my eyes, Colorado, I think, is the biggest difference between their ceiling and their floor among maybe all the teams in the playoffs. I think the Rangers could be the the other one where they could either be, they could win a second cup in a row, or I guess they could, I, I think they win this matchup fairly easily, but they also could surprise us. So I think they're kind of a hit or miss team. Losing Landis Gog is obviously huge, but Makar is looks like he's going to play in game one. Looks like he's healthy. But I think Seattle just outmatched at every position, except for maybe goaltending where that's a little bit of a wash. Um, but who are they going to put? Like, you're relying on Jared McCann and Beniers and like Everly to, to to match up with McKinnon and, and Rantanen and all the offensive firepower they have up front. Nathan McKinnon, by the way, 
with the, with the the play not the playoff berth, but winning the division in the last game, puts up a hat trick, wills his team forward, wants this matchup. He's gonna he's gonna do that at least once in this series too, just like McDavid did. But nothing like that, nothing like him or even Ranton for that measure exists on the other end of the ice. This is the Avalanche series to lose, so I, I got them probably five games. Now, yeah, it, it would be nice if it went to five. It, it's just overmatched. Seattle, their big deal was making the playoffs. Good for them. They made it. Now they can take the next step next year. This is Colorado series. You got Rantanen. You got Landeskog. I don't care if you're missing your captain. Sorry, you don't have Landeskog. I meant McKinnon and Rantanen. I don't care if you don't have Landeskog. You're overmatched. This this is a very good team that Colorado has, even without their captain. It's it's a no-brainer. Consmith winner, Kale McCarr is coming back. He missed the last seven games of the regular season. He'll be fine. You're, you're talented up and down the lineup. It'll be interesting to see how Gorgiev, is that how you pronounce it? Sure. Georgiev. Georgiev. Interesting fact, this is the third different goalie for the third consecutive year for the Colorado Avalanche. You had Kempfer. You had Grubauer. Now you got Gorgiev. So they just don't care who's in that for them. They're just a good hockey team. I'm excited to watch this series. It'll be fun. Seattle's a good team. I'm going to watch this game, but I'm thinking Colorado's going to win this one again pretty decisively, 4-1, four 4-2. to, one, four to two. It won't be that close. I think uh, they're just overmatched. They they really, really are. So I'm taking Colorado. Let's go through our picks one more time so we're not confused. Start with the first game of the night. Who are you taking? We got the uh, – who we got again? It's not Toronto, Tampa Bay. It's Rangers, Devils. Who did you take? Devils. I got the Rangers. Lightning, Maple Leafs. Leafs. Uh, my, me too. Jets, Golden Knights. Knights. Me too. Kraken, Avalanche. Avalanche. I think we're very similar. The only difference is I got the Rangers and I got the Hurricanes. You took the Devils and you took the Islanders. Islanders. <laughs> I might go 8 no. It's crazy. It's going to be fantastic. All right, everybody. Anything else, Tim, you want to talk about? Uh, No. You want to talk about any of like your feelings or anything? Yeah, always. Love talking about my feelings. Uh, every day, all day. Talk about how I snaked my drain yesterday for a good hour. That was fun. Let's not talk about any of that. Hey, did you call the girl who you went to the wedding with yet? Did I call her? Yeah, what else would you do? Text her? I don't know how you do it. Yeah, did you e- yeah. Did you yeah. email her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. email there. We, we're going to the bank on Friday to put that down payment in. And Let's just back it up. And why do you give me that stink eye when I ask if you called her? Is that not the normal thing to do? No, that's such a that's a generational thing. If I don't, no one better call me. No one call me. That's funny because I don't like texting, and I'm not that much older than you. So when people text me, and I'm like, let's just jump on the phone and end this because you could sit there and text for like 15 minutes, just have a one minute conversation. But you texted her. Are you going to see her again? Yeah, yeah. We don't have plans yet, but yeah, we're invested. The show's invested in this relationship. This could be one of those meet cute. First date was a wedding. How do you know set, what that is? Set the stage. Cause I've seen romantic comedies. I know what meet cutes are. It's going to be nice. So yes, get ready for me asking for updates. So when's the next time you guys are going to see each other? Uh, no plans. There's a concert I want to go to on Friday. So I might try to make that happen. What concert is this? Who's who's who do you got in your headphones these days? It's not a band, you know, it's the, the called uh, the lone bellow. They're like a indie rock band. They're pretty good. They're playing at like this little small little theater here in town. So we'll see. The Lone Bellow. Yep. 
They're good. You'd like them. What kind of music? Is it like a rock and roll or is it? Yeah, it's like an indie rock band. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll check them out. But yeah, have fun, Tim. Are we going to do another one tomorrow? Another episode? Maybe? We'll see. I can't see the future, John. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It is exciting. Go watch some hockey. Have some fun, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 